today's, today's message, don't worry, you won't be challenged that much. You, you won't be left squirming. You won't be, this will be easy. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. Uh, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for all that you've given us. You're so good to us. I thank you that you're gentle with us. I thank you even though we're hard work, <laughs> you're patient with us. I thank you that you want to bring us from glory to glory. I thank you that you don't want to leave us the way we are. I thank you so much that you want to make us into living statues, living, living resemblances of, of your son Jesus. I confess that's hard, Lord. That's hard. There's parts of me that rebel against it, Father. There's parts of me that don't want it sometimes, that just don't, doesn't, I don't trust the process. Lord, I just want to, I just want to confess those things and I want you to have your way. Sometimes it feels like a scalpel, Lord. But you're grown us up, Father. You're grown us up. And I just want to give you my yes again today. I want for, for you, the, the man that you want to see in a year's time, in two years' time, three years' time, ten years' time, to be, to be made manifest because um, it's for your glory. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. So yeah, you get a glimpse of what the, the sermon is about today. This is one of the most toughest areas for Christians, I think, in my, my opinion. And it's one of the places that we need to go as, as Christians in our discipling of one another. Um, and it's in our thought life, right? How often do we do the Christian thing? We bounce in here and we do the Christian smile. And then, but our thought life is all over the place. I've had some really, really good people in my life that I'm able to go. On the outside, I look great, but I just want to tell you what I'm going through at the moment. You know? And we need that. We need that. We need to have honesty and rawness. I had this amazing conversation with somebody yesterday. And we were just raw. We were like, yeah, I struggle with that too at times. And, and I, I, you just feel... And I just got this sense of Jesus going, that's why I needed three years with those lads. <laughs> I needed to unpackage them. I needed to, to... Sometimes it was a scalpel. right? That's why. Even at the end, they still didn't know what he was up to. right? And that's... We need a process. And Jesus is bringing us through a process. But sometimes we, we rebel against that. And one of the big areas that I'm going to challenge today for us is our thought life. It needs to be sanctified. It needs to be made whole. And this is what Jesus came to do. Right? I don't know if, you have, if you've ever read this book, Kraken book. You'll, you'll, I think you'd love it. It's about resilience, being resilient. And I just want to read out a little bit. It says here, the promise is this. So it's talking about the kingdom coming. The promise in Jesus, you know, doing restoration in us. And says, the promise is this. The goodness of Jesus will work its way through your entire being. You know, so salvation, no one in the scriptures talks about you've been saved, you're being saved, and you're going to be saved. The being saved bit is the uncomfortable bit that we're going through, going, okay, I know I'm saved, and I hope you do, <laughs> right? I know I'm saved, but sometimes I feel uncomfortable in the middle bit, Lord. Would you come back quicker, right? And it's in that middle bit that we will need to sanctify our thought life. This is what salvation is. The permutation of your being by the presence of Christ in you. Healing you, renewing you, uh, imbuing you with his own life. Right? And this is what George MacDonald said many years ago. Uh, the notion that salvation of Jesus is a salvation from the consequences of sin is a false, mean, low notion. The salvation of Christ is salvation from the smallest tendency of, or leaning to sin. It is a deliverance into the pure air of God's ways of thinking, feeling. It is a salvation that makes the heart pure and the will and choice of the heart to be pure. Oh, I'd like that. I'd like that. But I'm going to confess, it's not like that at the moment, right? Uh, like, let's be honest. I'd like that. King David even said that, oh, to walk and run in your ways, Lord. Oh. And then just this morning, I had this all prepared. And then this, this scripture. So Mal, if you put up the first scripture for me. This is going to be scripture heavy today, by the way. Um, look, at the, look at this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. O oh Lord, my rock and my, my redeemer. So 
sometimes I, 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 I rush away from, from, from scriptures like that because I go, they're not always like that, Lord. Like some of my thoughts, <laughs> oh God, you should probably, uh, a lightning bolt, right? But I want that. And again, that's the new heart that Ezekiel talks about when you become born again. He puts that new heart to want that. And that's a great start, folks. That is amazing. You want that? That's the blank sheet of paper Jesus can work on. Oh, and the word meditation here talks about, it's, it's, it's nearly lyrical, it's nearly music. When you look at the root word, it's all got to do with um, uh, imagination and creativity. So it's what's in my creative sphere, Lord, what's in my imagination, what I conjure in my head, in my heart. I want that to be a good thing to you, Lord. Bloody awesome, wouldn't it? Awesome. So today what we're going to do, right? You know, we're to confess these things to one another. So we're going to break out in twos later on. And we're going to confess all your thoughts. Alright? Yeah, and we're going to be here till 6 o'clock. Until all our... All our <laughs> oh, imagine. We'll be here till next week for my one just alone. Uh, honest to goodness, imagine. Mal, if you could bring up the next set of scripture, please. So these are today's foundational scriptures so uh, Proverbs 23 7 for as he thinketh in his heart so is he and then Romans 12 2 don't copy the behaviour and customs of the world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect already with those scriptures you're like okay so I'm thinking that matters and as I think something happens in the physical, something manifests, and then God says here, Paul tells us, um, okay, I need that transformed. And then you go to the cross and say, okay, right, Jesus, you wanted to transform this. You, you won something back on the cross for my mind, for my thoughts. I don't have to live with some of the crappy stuff I'm living with in my brain. Okay, let's start there, yeah? We don't have to live with that. It's Jesus came to redeem those thoughts, yeah? You with me so far? Okay. I see a few uncomfortable faces going, oh, I don't want to go here. I'm with you. Let's get a cup of tea and I'll go home. Next, next, set, of, um, next set of scriptures, please, now. So, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So now we're starting to think about, okay, we, we can take captive something. We, we don't have to live with those thoughts. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. And then the next set of scriptures, please, Mal. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt, corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your, uh, put on your new nature. Create it to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So we put on some there's activity, there's action here. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And the reason why I put that one in is because your thought life is really important to Jesus. Really important. And in this room, and when you're like you probably have benign thoughts of I want to flip somebody the finger because they got me parking space, right? That kind of thing. To, like, full spectrum suicidal thoughts. I don't know, right? But that, that's the spectrum, folks. That, and, and Jesus looks at that spectrum and doesn't go, that's more important. Your thought life is really important. Look at the scriptures in Matthew 5 and what he said. He said, even thinking about a woman, that's adultery, right? Even thinking of hating somebody in your heart, that's murder, right? So Jesus, Jesus holds your thoughts in really high esteem and he really came back to redeem this space in our lives. It's 
It's really important. Because the enemy can have a field day. He wants to redeem. And that's the first place. Where does he want to redeem it to? He wants to redeem it to the place where there's no insecurity, no anxiousness. Free from the the, the, the mud and the muck that the world throws you to think about. That you... We've all gone down avenues of, I can't sleep, because thinking about mad stuff, that doesn't even happen. That's the enemy absolutely working you up, working you up, stirring you up in your thoughts, your flesh, stirring it up, joining in, hitting <laughs> the drum going, yeah, I'm awake all night, happy days, and it's And that stuff is what we, we want to redeem. Again, it is a huge area that we need to, we need to speak of. And here's the test. As really, I hope, it's okay, I, I fail this test a lot. Do you think differently today than you did a year ago? Like you're still having the same thoughts as you did a year ago. I lived for years with a sense of, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Like striving constantly in work trying to prove constantly trying to prove something. Last week is gone, another thing. Proving again. Oh jeepers, here we go again. And it was a rat race. Again. And again. And that was not, it's not good for your head. It's awful space to be in. And that, that's not just what me, but there's other things. There's things in, like, some things can really trigger you and your thought process go down. Look at poor old King David. Right? He let one little thought Cross the way, you went, ooh, she's, she's, a, she's a bombshell. One thought, catastrophic, right? The kingdom brought to its knees because of thought he entertained. And it's, it's easy to see the difference between, like, there's a huge, there's a spectrum that I won't even capture today. So don't, please don't think for a second that your thoughts just because they're not of murder or not of lust or whatever. Those thoughts that even attack your identity in Jesus, they're just as important because they make manifest your behaviours. They make manifest your emotions. They make manifest how you relate to God. So they're all important, that spectrum, please. So please don't go to a place where, oh, well, I'm not, I don't want anyone murdered. I don't, I don't lust after anyone, Lord. Don't go there because your thoughts are really important. And if you set up at night on anything, that means you've been captive by thoughts, not the other way around. And if I went around the room, I guarantee you, all the hands would raise to go, how many times have you been, you've been captive of thoughts and not the other way around? Everyone go, oh, you've got two legs, feet, everything. You're not right. We've all been there. But that's not where we have to stay. And we can't as Christians. One of the most amazing scriptures if it's not faith, it's sin. Because when we go down those tangents and then those rabbit holes, we don't, we're not turning to God going, whoa, 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 this is not view, hold on, I'm not having my faith, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to speculate about future, I'm, my, you know, I'm worrying about stuff, I'm anxious, I'm, I'm struggling with stuff. Even some, of the, some, some guys that I've talked to, because I, I went through struggles, even they leave, this is the danger, we leave those thoughts in the dark for the enemy to have a field day. That we don't bring them up and go, oh, hold on a minute, I'm going to capture this. Jesus, let's, let's deal with this thought. I, I don't like it, it's not what you want from me. But I talk to a fair lot of Christians that leave those, and it's turmoil and it's torment. And if it's torment, it's of the enemy. If it's tormenting you, it's of the enemy. And I have great news for you. Jesus came to break that torment. You don't have to live there. Now, I, I've been tormented with a huge spectrum of stuff, right? Huge, right? So spectrum, like, not good enough, right? Tormented about what's Hannah's future going to be like, right? All this stuff, so there's a huge spectrum here. All of it. Whatever you're being tormented by, we're going to break that today. I want you to, we're going to step into that today. Also, in your thought processes, there could be a rebellious place that you just don't want to go there. Right? Oh, 
not good. And I'm, I'm not pointing the finger out, I'm pointing the finger in. There's some places I don't want God to go in my thoughts. I'm like, I'm happy thinking about this person. I'm happy thinking about that situation. I'm happy thinking the way I think. And then the scripture says, my ways of thinking are better and are much higher than yours. And this is an area of your life that needs to be consecrated to Jesus. And that means set aside. Your thought process of I hate my neighbour is a moron, all of these things, right? That's not good, right? One time in my life I actually wanted somebody dead. Honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, honestly, I wanted, I, I, honestly, I was like, I want this person off the face of the planet. Not you, though. Never. <laughs> Absolutely not. Poor Lorraine. I love you. No, we, like, I, I, I want to, oh, hopefully he doesn't hear this recording, but um, I love him now, thank God. Um, but God needed to do surgery with my brother. And we had a serious issue. And it was so, it was horrible, I won't tell you the details, but there was one time where I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind if somebody did it. It was horrible, it was horrific, it was hatred, it was, oh, oh, it was awful. And God needed to do surgery. I was like, God, you got to tell me, you got to, I got, you got to show me how you see this lad. Because I hate him. Boy, you got a phone call tomorrow. Great, happy days. I'd be actually, that's a happy day. That's mad. Now I love him now because I can say all of those things because God reconciled with relationships. Full of forgiveness, full of love. Oh, it's, it's great, it's a great relationship now. Ish. As brothers, right? But But that stuff can fester and be one of the most horrific places you can go. And I would have classed myself as a Christian then. <laughs> and I was applauding somebody too. Right? There was a place I didn't want God to go there. I was like, God, I'm comfortable in this hatred. Don't even dream about coming and changing my heart. Don't. I like this. I'm liking this. I like my righteousness. He hurt me. I love this. I'm standing in this. Thank God. We're a mess at times, aren't we? (laughs) We are hard work for God. We are really hard work for him. He sometimes needs a scalpel. Right? No wonder Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. Shepherds sometimes give you a clout with them. <laughs> Get in there, you tick. Right? And we need that. We need that. And folks, I have to say, one of the most freeing things is to give and consecrate your mind and your thoughts to Jesus on a daily basis. Say, Jesus, have my thoughts. And you're going to be, you're going to have stuff. That's why in the daily prayer it says, lead us not to temptation. Right? Because the world, the enemy, your flesh is going to try and rile it up and go, no, no, this is who you are. You're angry. You're hateful. You're full of that. You're lustful. No, this is who you are. This is your identity. That's the way you think. It's not. It's not. Let's look at how Jesus thought. Look at the stories how Jesus thought. We bought, we bought Hannah some beautiful books of the parables of Jesus. And it talk, one of them is about the lost sheep. And it just, how, how the story unfolds in just simplest of English. And there's a simple story of Jesus saying, I, I am that shepherd that went for the lost sheep. I am that shepherd. I went through it all. I will pay anything to get my sheep back. And he's talking to the Pharisees in the book. And it's beautiful. And it says, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, the Pharisees were fine. Pharisees were fine. And then it changes to the, 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 to the, to the, the sheep and it says, the 99, the 99, the 99 were fine. And then it talks about the shepherd going out to find them. That's how Jesus thought. And that's how he wants us to think. And he wants us to see a lost world. But we can't sometimes when we're in our own melee of thoughts. For the last year, Jesus has been working on me, and I couldn't explain it properly, but now I'm starting to to understand it. There is a better way of thinking. And and I use that, this, to go, not that it's higher or superior, right? It's not. There is a better way of seeing stuff. 
there is a better way of interacting with the world. And I'm like, I like that. And the best way I can explain it is a better level of consciousness, right? We're not, and it sounds really lofty and philosophical and blah, blah, blah. But there actually is a better way of thinking and, and, and seeing things. It's clarity. And this is part of it, consecrating how we think. This is the way Jesus spoke. Don't be worried. What are you worrying for? What are you? Like, what are you? Well, it doesn't add one day. And in this, you're like, hold on, Jesus. This is easier for you. Look, you're the Son of God. Give us a break here. All right? Don't worry. But then you go, what do you see, Jesus, that makes me not to? Hold on. You're, okay. So let's break this down here, Jesus. You're saying not to worry. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a worry, Jesus. But you're saying not to. It's not easy. So what are you seeing, Jesus, that I need to see? What are you seeing that I need to have a better realisation of? He wants us there. He doesn't want us to worry and mess. He doesn't want us anxious. He doesn't want us angry. He doesn't want us lustful. All of those things. He wants us seeing differently. And that's what's on offer. The beauty of our brain. This is how the brain works, right? This is all not, not just super spiritual stuff. This is real. This, like, I could go into this forever. Thank God Young is still isn't here because she's probably correcting on a few things. Um, and this will be your forte soon. Um, this is what psychology and uh, there's a neuroscientist says this as we think we change the physical nature of our brain as we consciously direct our thinking we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts go back to those scriptures this is biblical this is what Jesus is saying he's like don't be worried don't entertain that stuff don't entertain thoughts that are not yours. So this is how the brain works, right? If I say to you the word red, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? It could be different, by the way. I think of Apple, Ferrari, Liverpool jersey, right? Your brain works in this thing called schemas, right? It, it little shortcuts in your brain. And there are actually neurons and neurological pathways in your brain that are created by what you thought, well, how you perceive the world, right? And this is why Jesus says what he says. Because these pathways themselves, the physical pathways that he made, he made the brain. He says you have a choice. Not to worry. Not to kick off a neurological pathway. Not to build on schemas of worry. Not to build on things of thoughts that are not good and not godly. That's why he says, look to better things. Focus on that. Build new schemas in your this is physiological. Literally, he's saying, build your brain with me. Build new pathways in your brain that are set on a foundation, so that as as his children, we are not tossed back and forth, as Scripture tells us. Thoughts are often opinions or assumptions. These are open to interpretation and modification. This is psychology. This is what the psychologists say and neuroscience scientists. Right? You have studied the brain and, and neurons, etc., and uh, pathways. Feelings are often a product of, our, uh, of the way that we think about something. So we make manifest. That's why Jesus is like, be careful with your thoughts. Right? Like, be careful here. So we take that into consideration. And we look at Judah. Oh, I don't know if I have it now. No, I don't think so. Sorry. Deuteronomy 30.19. Mark this one down or remember it. This is what God says to the Israelites. Today I have given you a choice between life and death. Between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness your choice. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Boom. We have a choice. I think that's very freeing. I'm like, I don't have to think this way. I'm like, yeah, I'm in Jesus. Okay, what do I have to do here? I have a choice. You don't have to entertain those thoughts. They are not who you are. So those lies that you might be believing of, no, this is the way I've always thought, or this is the way my mum and dad used to think, or this is, this is my upbringing. Because in one of the scriptures now in a few minutes, 
I'm going to show is that don't don't look at the don't look in the rearview mirror. Don't look at the old things. I think it's in Isaiah's right now. And don't look at the rearview mirror. Forward. And Jesus said that. Look on the things that are good. Dwell on those things, as Philippians said. Paul said in Philippians, dwell on the things that are good. And by goodness, in a time we live in, folks, choose life. It's death out there. I don't know how this was going to land with you. But uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I was praying. It sounds like I pray all the time. Jesus needs to beat me to, to prayer at times. Um, I said, Jesus, the world the way it is, like, it's, how bad is it? And honestly, I've got this, this back going. It's worse than you think. And I'm like, yeah, I want to stay away from all that nonsense, Lord. Give me life. I choose you. I want to focus on you, Jesus. I want to focus because I honestly don't. I've seen during the week a brilliant debate, right? Between the most profound atheist and a brilliant Christian. Like, but this atheist, you're kind of, I, I kind of, I'm like, oh, that's a good point there, that's good, isn't it? Right? Yeah, I thought my faith isn't wavering, right? But you're kind of like, oh, how is the Christian going to come back at that one? Right? So he's good. But it's good to test, as well, if you're, if you're able you, to do it. Like, you're good challenging and, and I, 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 I'm so built up after that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, God is real. Yeah, Muppet. But anyway, he let slip. He let slip in his, in his argument. There was a little chink in his armour that he says, oh, if this is correct. I was like, there it is. You want to be your own God. You want to be your own God. There it is. You don't want God to be true. I'd love to ask him that question. Look, do you want God to be true? Do you want that man? If you want it to be true, would you like it to be true? Because even then I'd say, I think they'd say no. And in that moment, that chink of armour, I was like, oh, you're hopeless. God love you. You're actually hopeless. The hope, it's, it's hopeless. That's the message. And sometimes when we don't live with this stuff and live with Jesus as our focus and mind on the better things, well, we've got to offer if we're not to a hopeless world. I think this is where Jesus is bringing us to. That we imagine if that we could understand that we could take every thought captive. Because non-Christians, imagine what they live through, right? And I, I, I live through tough times, you know, in my thoughts, right? Imagine what it's like for somebody who doesn't have Jesus. It's torment, folks. Like torment. You talk to anyone. Talk to the whole generation now, right? You could give every single right under the sun to the agendas out there. There's no fulfillment in it. There's no one be happy. Because it's an empty vacuum. It's hopeless. They're so angry. There's anger. There's fear. There's Imagine how they think God loves them. We have the answer, but we have to step into that answer. We have to step into engaging with captivating our thoughts for Jesus. We've got to make new ways in our brain. This next piece is a little bit scripture heavy, but please bear with me. What happens if we allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds? And folks, I'm telling you now, you shouldn't be the same next week in your thought process. You shouldn't be the next in a month's time. If you are, this sounds a little bit harsh, but your ways are better than God's. That's what you're saying to me. If you're not willing to go under the scalpel, you're basically saying, I'm fine, I don't, I'm perfect. I know not a lot of you are, right? That's okay, you're, you're perfect. <laughs> but we gotta be willing to go to places. We have to be willing to get under that scalpel. So we need scripture. The best place to build new places in our heads is scripture. The best place to captivate thoughts is come back to it from a thought or to a thought from the enemy or your flesh with scripture. Have, have five, ten, twenty things memorized. Right? Do it. Like I know I'm not very good at that time. But I don't know the verse but I know this says in scripture. 
I know this is said in the scripture. I don't know the verse. I don't have, but you don't have to say that to the enemy. You don't have to remind your flesh that. You say, no, no, my scripture says this. Flesh, you're already crucified. Good luck. You're dead to the world. Good luck. It's a spiritual muscle and you need to start speaking like that. The enemy, you have no claim on me. There's a dead grave in hell. I'm, I'm hidden in Christ. Good luck. You've got to get that language into you. Know some scriptures. This is what happens when the Holy, when the Holy Spirit, you let them renew your minds. In Isaiah 43, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. The Holy Spirit will help you. You've got to let him in. Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. He will help you do that. Psalm 94, the Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are but a breath. He will help you realize that how important your thoughts are to God. Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there are any grievous ways in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Now that's a beautiful prayer. That's a cracker. Lord, search me and know me. There's places in my heart, Lord. And honestly, there's places that you haven't given him permission to, and he's not going to lash down the door. Because he's a soft, gentle God. He's not going to bang down your door and go, You need this, I'm going to He's a soft, gentle shepherd. That's it, okay, it's time. It's time. And the Holy Spirit will help. But that is such a brilliant scripture to pray. Proverbs 3 3 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. This is difficult, especially for people who are intellectuals, right? This is difficult because sometimes we go, Gosh, I know, I know that. We don't really, right? Your intelligence is a gift from God, thank God, but you've got to keep on leaning in and not, not leaning on your own understanding. Proverbs 4.23, the famous one, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it springs the uh, springs of life will come from it. Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, uh, what you will eat, what you will drink, these are Jesus' words, uh, nor about your body uh, and what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Slowly the Holy Spirit will start helping you realise that the most important thing is your relationship with God and everything else flows from that. Again, I spoke a few weeks ago about what Jesus came to restore, and it's to restore the security that we had in the garden. Matthew 22. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Folks, I have to say, without the Holy Spirit, that, that's a really difficult command at times, right? So we, it's okay, you need the Holy Spirit for that one. Lord, I would like that. But I don't feel I'm loving you all the time with all myself. But I like that. It's a great place to start. Holy Spirit, help me do that because that's what I want. Mark 7. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. The thought that came to my, my, my head during the week when I was doing all of this and what I love about this when you let the Holy Spirit work on you, you start to realise um, out of religion, you're, you're just one of everybody, like you're, you're one of somebody who's just saved, you know, like you're, you're one that, and you start seeing other people who haven't found Jesus yet differently. You don't see that you don't see yourself as well, I go to church. And sometimes religion is, is subtle. <laughs> so subtle. And I go to church. Fantastic. And the litmus test of any church is what, what would happen if a known prostitute walked in the door. Philip Yancey in his book What's So Amazing About Grace said every church should test themselves on that one line. What would you do if a prostitute came in the door? Right? What would Jesus do? And this is what the Holy Spirit is, is bringing us to do with our thought process. It knocks away religion. It calls it out and 
or the freedom, Lord, there's nothing I bring to the table. Nothing I bring to the table. And it's so free. A blank page. Go for it. Alright? Romans 7. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. So there is a war. There is a war for your thoughts. And you've got to be awake to that. No more, for me, this word is for me, no more naivety that my thoughts are always pure and brilliant. Romans 8. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Imagine, that's what's on offer. Life and peace. Not about you, but I love a lot more of that. Just peace. That peace where there's thousands and thousands falling beside you. The world is falling apart. And you just have peace. Because that's attractive. I'm telling you, one thing people go, Hold on a minute, the world is a mess and you're alright. What's this? I'd like a bit of that. It's the fragrance of Christ. It's the fragrance. That peace. Let me tell you about the peace I have. Let me tell you. Got, but there's a lot of crap in my life going on. But I have peace, but I trust in the Lord. Many conversations that you had like that, people go, I don't want to get it. Your testimony. We just talked about this yesterday. Testimony. Your testimony is so powerful, you're literally prophesying over somebody's life when you give your testimony. Last year, I promise. 1 Corinthians 2. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. I see a beautiful invitation there. You get to be transformed and you get led into how God thinks. That's an invitation. Just just imagine that. God wants to share how he thinks. (laughs) That is the most bizarre thing. No wonder. We're almost mad at times. But what's on offer for us as children of God into the inner sanctum of heaven thinks and what he wants for the world. Ephesians 4.23 is the last one. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That's what's on offer, folks. No, this is the last one, I promised. I like this one. Sorry. Do not be anxious. This is Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. These are not just... You know when sometimes you read scripture and you're like, it's not hit me, Lord. It's not hit me. It mustn't be for me, so. Right? I'm dreadful for that. But lately I'm like, no, hold on, this is the word of God. If I don't believe it's for me, I'm actually, that's a bit of a sin, Lord, because that's not what you say. So, okay, I'll well on that, right? I got it. That's why he says, meditate on my words, meditate. So if you're not feeling scripture, that's why he says, come, meditate, come, come. Like, let the Holy Spirit fill you with these scriptures. This is why I think it's a big move, um, particularly with us, but I see it across the, the globe, maybe, and I think it is because of the time we're in, um, for the Spirit saying, get into your words, get into your words, because there is a, there is a absolute contention for your time and your brain at the moment. And it's like, get into your words. One of the best things I can share with you today is this. Um, it's a little piece from from this book um, and it has been utterly breathtakingly freeing for me over the last couple of months. Utterly freeing. And uh, it talks about being mentally resilient in the world that we live in. Speculation is draining. Did you know it's also something that Jesus banned? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That was in Matthew 6. Do not worry is a command, not a suggestion. 
I think that most of us look at speculation as a personal weakness, like biting our fingernails or compulsively glancing at our phones. But I bet you don't have, uh, I bet you haven't seen it as a violation of faith, hope, and love. It is. Oh. Now, that was difficult. That convicted me big time when I read that first. And I was like, I speculate a lot, Lord. I speculate about people's thoughts about me. Like, trying to superimpose what they're thinking about me. Now, unless I'm clairvoyant and psychic, you don't have that ability. Right? And what Jesus brought me to was, let's take it to a full conclusion by thinking that. So what? Oh my God. Yeah, fair enough. This was the most freeing thing I've experienced in my walk with God this year, so far. Speculation. I don't have to give a crap about it. I don't, that's not saying I don't have to give a crap about the per- people or the world, but I don't, I don't have to speculate. I don't have to worry. I don't have to. So he's basically saying, no more speculation about Hannah's future. No more speculation about your future. You're in my hands. End the story. Unless you decide not to be in my hands, right? But I'm like, I'm in. Speculation is an enemy. And if you're doing it, that's one of the things maybe we can, in our prayers now in a minute, <laughs> we, can, we can pray for. Okay, what to do next? Right, what next? So, will you allow God re-engineer your thoughts through reading his words and meditating on his words? This will not happen without scripture, folks. He didn't spend an awful lot of time putting all of the books of scripture together by so many different people, which is a miracle in itself, folks, right? It's proof of God's existence in itself to give you a handbook and not to read it and engage in it. Because it's living and active. And I know, I say this, I want, I, every time I pick up the word, it's like he's having a laugh at me. <laughs> Honest to God, I go, oh God, I've got to read the word today. Yeah, and I, 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 start, I usually start with a stand. I like, and I then kick into something. Uh, and I go, always on the money. There's always something to, it's like eating a meal. You know, oh, I'm hungry today. And it always hits the spot. That's how your spirit is built. Your spirit is alive to, to God now. It's built to eat this stuff. Oh yeah, daily bread. It's built to, to, to suck it in, to live on it, to, to just come alive in it. And if you're not, how can you re-engineer your thoughts without his thoughts being there? Now, you will experience probably some supernatural stuff, which is phenomenal. The Holy Spirit may interject in your life, in your brain, and go, I'm doing surgery right now. Whatever. And that's good. That is brilliant. Do you get that? I beg of you to share that because that does happen. Because we need that if, you, if that's happening. But you need to put yourself under the scalpel. And you need to consecrate your thoughts to the Lord on a daily basis. Jesus, I give you my thoughts today. Yeah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Yesterday I, I didn't like something or I thought, I think my thought patterns are this, Jesus. I need them re-engineered by you. I keep looking into the past, Jesus. That doesn't discount your past. I'm not saying that your past isn't important to Jesus. Your past is very important to Jesus. He came to redeem it. He came to break bondage. So it's very important to Jesus. But what he's saying is, you don't live there anymore. The hurts, the pain, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. The, one of the most beautiful pictures I have that I can only express that uh, Bridget shared better is, is the, the, the Japanese vases when they break and how they, they, they put them back together but they put them back together in the gaps with, with gold and they're even more beautiful than they were beforehand beautiful how gorgeous is that and that's what God wants to do don't back oh, look what I've done to the cracks now look what I've done so will you allow him to do that? Will you today come with me on a little journey of prayer and say, Jesus, yeah, I, I need a re-engineering. What do I need?
Do you want to stand and pray? Father, I just thank you so much that I'm your gentleness. You're soft. You're so kind. So merciful. I thank you, Lord God, that you speak things over us that are so beautiful. I just pray that your people here this morning hear those things now. Where our thoughts lead us into places that are just not of you. I'm just going to speak. I feel Jesus is leading us here just as a moment. Uh, I just want to speak over the thoughts around our identity. Oh, my goodness, what do you say about us, Lord? And Zephaniah says this, <laughs> that the Lord looks over us with dancing. Like he, he, he lavishes love on us. He looks over us with singing and joy and dancing. And like Just let that sink in. Holy Spirit, we need revelation from you of our identity and who we are. Can you arrest our thoughts? So Lord, I just ask for those thoughts that you bring to our mind now that we just hold them captive in Christ Jesus. We say, Jesus, can you captive, captivate those thoughts around our identity and what is not of you, just release. You are loved, folks. You are loved. Mm. Folks, you need the Holy Spirit and just plant that in your heart this morning. If you're not hearing anything, if you're hearing anything other than that, it is from the enemy. It could be from the trauma of the past that the enemy is using, saying you're not worthy. But this morning, folks, let me tell you, Jesus went through the mill to find his lost sheep. And you are his lost sheep that he's gained back, that he's so happy to have back. Let that just sink into your identity this morning, that you are loved, known by name, made by a loving God for a plan and a purpose of your life. Jesus is leading us here next. Um, so Jesus, we just claim back that you want a place in our in our heads, or in our minds, and in our thoughts that are pure and good. And the enemy can sometimes work a number on us to say, "I've always thought this way, so I'll always think this way." We rebuke that agreement now this morning. We say no. No, that's not my lot. You may be agreeing this morning that that's the way your mum and dad thought, that's the way your family always thought. We cut that off in the name of Jesus this morning. Yeah, no, we're not going to entertain that anymore. You may be having thoughts of lust, thoughts of anger, and you're agreeing that this is the way you've always thought. We're cutting that off in the name of Jesus this morning. We're, we don't agree with that anymore. You may be making an agreement this morning around thoughts of my future isn't what, isn't going to be good, isn't going to be secure. Folks, cut that off in the name of Jesus. Lord, we confess where we speculated where we haven't brought things to you and we've speculated about people, about how they think about us. Lord, this morning we bring the love of God between us and all people 
who we speculated about and against and them against us. We just cut it off and the only thing that's in between us now, Lord, is your cross and your love. Jesus, we sanctify and consecrate our minds to you. We confess the places that we haven't allowed you in. We confess that we, the, the places where we didn't believe that you don't want to go to. We confess that places that we say, no, Jesus, this, this is off limits. We take the limits off. We take the limits off, Jesus. You are good. You only want good for us. And Lord, whatever is painful, you will walk us through it. You will not leave us alone. You will never forsake us. You do things to your, with your kids so that they grow up and we have peace because that's what's on offer. And we claim that peace and we say, yeah, we want that, Jesus. We want that this morning, Jesus. We want the peace of the Holy Spirit and we want peace of our minds. So folks, I'm going to pray over your minds this morning. I'm going to pray. I believe Jesus is blessing your minds this morning. So Lord, we bless all, all minds here this morning, all our thought processes, Lord God. We open it up to you. We say, have your way. Search us and know us. And break those things that are just not of you, Lord. We have to think differently, Lord. And we just want your thoughts, Lord. I bless everyone's mind here this morning. I bless it so that new things, new creation, we claim the new creation in Christ. And that includes our minds. And we claim that in your name, Jesus. We claim that's on offer. That's on offer, Jesus. New thoughts, new ways, new physiology in our brain, Lord. New washing of your word over our mind. And every day remind us, Jesus, that we are to give our minds to you. And it's important to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.